Hello, lifers, and welcome to a very special episode of Because Life Can Be a Niche podcast. I'm so excited because I have a very special guest, a um, wonderful friend, a wonderful pastor, and um, this this message, these messages uh, that you're going to hear are just going to be um, rich. That's, that's all I can. That's the only way I can describe it. Is it'll be rich. And, uh, and you're going to get so much out of it. But I just want to welcome you all into the living room. You know how we do it. You know how we roll at Katie Bryant Writes on social media. If you guys are watching or you're listening, you know, if you're watching, hey, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Please subscribe, like, and share. Tell other people about us. Tell people about this show. We're going to be talking about a lot today. So I want you all to get into it. Come on in the living room and have a seat or just get relaxed. You guys know how we always do it. This is a nice not a teacup, but it's my cup, and I love it, and I'm spilling my tea. Well, that's what we're going to be doing anyway. We're spilling some tea today, um, and the tea that I would love for you to give, get into and to give a try is always, always, y'all, this Earl Grey cream or creme, I think. I call it creme, but I'm sure it's pronounced cream or creme or something like that, but it's Earl Grey, and it has like a vanilla flavor to it, and um, it's one of the Tivana teas. And you can find it at Walmart. Um, it's a loose leaf tea, but it's so very good and so, so tasty. But anyway, aside from that, let me just tell you guys what we're talking about today. So we are talking about the, the main topic is soul ties and about how, you know, sometimes we're tied to people, um, whether it be physically tied because we've had an intimate relationship with them or we are tied to them mentally um, because we have allowed them in our heads and in our space and or we are tied to them by some type of emotional or some type of trauma. But um, man, you guys are going to love um, hearing from Pastor Yolanda Douthit because she's just going to break it all the way down. We talk about so many spiritual things today, so much so we got we got to break it up into two. We got into it so much we had to break this up into two episodes, and each one of them I think you'll be richly blessed. You got to you know watch the first episode. Definitely come back next week um, when we talk about soul ties. Um, in the first episode we we're talking about you know when she walked away from her job and how she knew that her walked into her calling and into her purpose. So. Anyway, I just want to just introduce her very quickly because we talk about who she is on, on here, but and, and she tells you a little bit about it. But I want to give her a formal introduction before I, you know, flip over to the actual show. But I'm just going to read a little bit of her bio, Miss um, Pastor and Theologian Yolanda Douthit, and you will find her at the sanctuaryministries.org. Um, or YolandaDouthit.com and I'm going to have all this on the screen so don't even worry about it and for those of you listening it'll be in the show notes um, but just to share that Yolanda Douthit is first of all an unconventional and most entertaining and most loving and open straight from the hip real pastor out there but aside from that I'm going to read what she she didn't write that I said that uh, but I just wanted to just let you guys get a glimpse of like who she really is. Um, she's passionate. She's an open book that isn't afraid to be vulnerable so that she can be a vessel for transformation and healing. She is the devoted wife of Monty Douthit, 
She's born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina to the late Reverend Marvin N. Kelty and Pastor Rosa L. Marion. She was nurtured and grounded in faith and strong godly values. She has been an influential and undeniable force in several churches and ministries throughout her life. Yolanda experienced many life changes that led her to immerse herself in the ministry. And we get into that. We talk about that today. So, I mean, you're just going to... Anyway, I, I, I'm just excited about it. This time of reflecting birth her destiny. And when I say destiny, y'all, mm, she's ordained and she's licensed into ministry by her mother, um, Pastor Rosa Marion. And that was in 2014. But, you know, she has her Bachelor of Science in Religion from Liberty University, her Master of Divinity from Liberty University. And now she is in, she's a Ph.D. candidate. Uh, again, uh, studying Bible exposition from Liberty University. So, you know, well qualified, more than qualified, and, and also just a passion and a heart for people. So, um, you guys come on in the living room, have a seat, get with us, get with us, because this episode is one that you are not going to want to miss tell all your friends tag people this this is for for not just for the ladies this is not just for the women when we talk about soul ties man this is for everybody and we've all had them in one form or another whether it's physical emotional spiritual you've had soul ties you may still have them you can be married and have soul ties we talk about that so y'all just get into it just relax Join us in the living room. Have some fun with us. We still have fun. It's a heavy subject, but we still have a lot of fun talking about it. And let's get into it. Yeah, you, wanna, you can go ahead and start. Yes, go right when ahead. I started in 2011, when I started the sacred, I was working as a revenue agent for the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And um, at this point, you know, I met Nina. And when I met, this is, this is how it happened when I met Nina. I was had just got a job at NDIS through a, a temp agency, and my um, my father had just died. He died in two, July two thousand eight, and so I started the job. Once I came back from burying him, met Nina, and I was broken, seriously, seriously broke, right? Because my dad was my life. He was, you know, my God, you know, and I met Nina and Nina like took me under her wing. You know, she was, she, me and her instantly kicked it off, like instant, right? And so she knew I was broken. She knew that, you know, I was good people. And so we built this bond in this relationship. And then I'm working at the job as a, as a contractor. And then my auntie, who was also a defining person in my life, she died four months later. Mm. So when I meet Nina, my dad had just died. And then while I'm in a relationship with her, my auntie dies four months later. Mm. And so I was really broken at this point because they served two purposes in my life. My dad was that, that person that I could call and give wisdom and give knowledge and understanding about God. He was really like my Bible, right? Mm -hmm. And then my auntie, she was that spiritual person in my life. She was the one that was going to prophesy to me and tell me what God said, right? She was going to give me the revelation. And then she was going to bring me and real me in because she knew I was a fireball. Right. So she was you can't be angry a lot all the time. You can't be going off on people all the time. You know, and she would deal with that aspect of it. So wow. I lost them four months apart from each other. Mm. Devastated, right? So I'm like, well, what do I do now? Like I want to die really, but I know I can't die. So what do I do? 
-hmm. And when I came back from burying my aunt in December, Nina now, my she was like, she was looking out for me. She knew I needed a, a permanent job, right? right? So Nina, when you come back here, I got you on the order chart. I got your office and I got you a permanent job. This is what Nina says. That's how she looked out, right? So I was like, okay, well, at least that aspect of my life is good, right? Right. Get back. And Nina, I would never forget this day. Nina said, yo, come to my come to my cube. I gotta tell you something. I was like, well, what is it? She said, Well, while you were gone, Robs, who the lady that she and I worked together with, she went into the managers and told them that she, she could do their job. So they said, Okay, well, why would we bring in a contract and pay her, you know, this X amount of money when we can put these duties over to Roz and we can get, you know, two jobs for one salary. So they took me on four chart. Oh, my God. I had a notice. I had a notice like, your position is going away in two weeks. Nina was, she was as devastated as I was. Right, right. I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? Right? Like, what am I going to do now? So my two weeks are up. And I'm out of a job. And this is like right when the housing market and everything was going like under, like, you know, like the whole world was just going crazy. Yeah. And so I didn't have a job and I'm looking for a job. And finally, I get a job as a revenue agent for the state of Georgia up in Rome. I was Mm -hmm. up in Rome. And that job was the most stressful job I have ever had in my entire life. I was having to go try into these counties like Harrelson, and you know Harrelson. Yes, I do. You know, little <laughs> black girl with curly kinky hair. Way up there. I already know. In redneck lane. Okay. Yeah. To the point that some agents said, when you go into those counties, you need to be careful. Like those, don't, yeah. They actually told you that. They actually told me that. So, m- I'm, I'm collecting sales and use tax for businesses. And because the heart guy gave, now remember the economy wasn't doing well. So I would go into these mom and pop businesses and they were like, yeah, we're behind on our sales and use taxes. But my husband, he has cancer. We found out he has cancer. We took that money. And we, you know, we bought medicine or, you know, just these stories. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't collect them. <laughs> In my good conscience, I cannot be in here talking about we're going to shut you down, right? <laughs> I was coming home telling my husband, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do this. So not only am I collecting sales and use tax, I'm, t- I'm, I'm collecting taxes on cars and things like that. Oh, my so, God. And income tax. So I'm hearing all of these sob stories. My mm-hmm. heart wasn't made for that. Right. This was the deciding factor for me. I knew it was my time was up. We went and closed the business down up in Jasper. Yeah. The lady owned an ice cream store, an ice cream shop up in Jasper. You know, Jasper's real mountainous. I would never forget this. Yeah. And that we we watched that lady go through her personal belongings to get what she could get out of there before we shut that place down. We took uh-huh. her cash register. We took the soda machine. We took ice cream. Anything oh. that we could resell for her back taxes. Oh, we did it. And I remember they left me like on a shift to watch her. And I said to God, this is not, this is not what I'm meant to be. Mm-mm, mm-mm. This is not what I'm meant to do. Because I know what it feels like to take some money to do what you need to do 
to pay some bills, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. Make it work. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I'm like, this ain't fun. Like, this pays the bills and this is a good government job and I'll probably be here for the rest of my life like the rest of these people in here. But this right. is not for me. And God was like, I was just bringing, passing you through. Like, I, all these other jobs, I've just been passing you through. Mm. And huh. so I Okay, well, I was like, well, Lord, what am I supposed to do? He said, well, it's time for you to leave. And I was like, my husband ain't going to be up for me to leave. I just got this job. Like, we done, I only got a, a job. I done been through all these jobs. He, he said, I have it. It's time for you to leave. Ooh. So I said, okay. So I was like, okay. In my head, I'm like, I know. I'm going to stick this out. I'm going I'm to do this. But God turned. Even though God told you, you in your head, you were already deciding to be disobedient. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going away. I was, I had been through all these jobs, had been through all this death and loss on the verge of losing my house. And now I'm not, you know, I, it was like, I can't do this no more. Right. Mm -hmm. God turned up the heat on that job. My supervisor who loved me in the beginning, cause she hired me all of a sudden just didn't like me no more. Just all of a sudden did not mm -hmm. like me. Mm -hmm. Nothing I did made her like me again. Right. Right. Well, what in the world am I gonna do? Like, like nothing I'm doing is making her happy. So you know, this is what the Lord did, and now I know it's the Lord. She called me in for a performance review, and she she nitpicked me and found anything that she could find wrong with what I was doing. Mm. And she put me on a probation, and she told me in sixty days when we come back, we're gonna see where you are. At that point, I said. It's time for me to go. Mm. And God said, yes, it is. So what I want you to do now, he had my attention. Right. But, what, but what I want you to do, I want you to get in your Bible. Now, we got to remember now, my daddy was my Bible. My auntie was my prophet. Yes. <laughs> and both of them had gone. Both of them gone. Right. And so I didn't really know how to read the Bible like that, Charlie. I know you were really, I did not. I knew how to read it, but I didn't know how to read it for understanding. I didn't yeah. know that. Really, this is I'm telling you the straight up truth. Girl, you would never know it. Yeah, <laughs> right. So <laughs> listen. So God had had sent a prophet right when my dad had died. Mm -hmm. My husband was working at um, a hotel night, third third shift. And when he initially died, I was seeing like spots, like figures, and I was mm -hmm. skating. And Monty said, well, come to the hotel with me. Come to the hotel with me. I'll get your room and you can stay there because I know you feel some kind of way. And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the night before I was supposed to go with him, he prays and said, somebody, he said, Father, send somebody for my wife to give her understanding. Oh. I reach her. So I go to the hotel the next night and he calls me in the room and like, babe, come down here. This man, he know you here. I was like, what man? He was like, this prophet. He knows you here. I was like, what did you tell him? <laughs> it was like, I didn't tell him. And so you remember, I was a thug Christian too, right? You know. So I was like, look, they don't want none of this. They don't want none. He don't want it because I tell him he all face. He don't want it. He was like, no, way. He said, your wife is here. Your wife is here. I need to talk to your wife. Oh, my Lord. So I, I, you know, I get up, I wash my face. I'm going down the elevator. And when I come down the elevator, the front desk is right there. Monty is standing, looking at the elevator, waiting for me to come. And he looked like he had seen a ghost. The prophet was looking at Monty. 
not saying a word. They weren't saying a word to each other. Yeah. The prophet immediately turns around to me and says, you're going to be his witness and you're going to be his witness. He's going to be your witness and you're going to be his witness. Mm. So the prophet proceeds to tell me everything that happened to me last month. Oh my. Okay. Your father has gone on to be with the Lord. He was a great man of God. You knew he was going to pass away. You knew that this was the end for him. And he knew that. He knew that you would, you knew that. Like he was just reading it. Oh I'm, my goodness. And I'm looking at Monty like, what? And Monty's like, I didn't tell this man nothing. Right. <laughs> like, I know you want to check him. Like, you've been telling this man my business. Right. And the man, and this sort of prophet said, don't look at him. He hadn't told me anything. I'm a master prophet. I said, say what now? And then I'm looking at what in the world right now, trying so now I know it's real now, right? Right. I want you to look at my face. There's a halo around, a halo of light. That is the glory of God in this lobby. He said, have you noticed that there has been no activity in this hotel is full tonight? Oh he said, God has stopped time for you. That is how important you are to the kingdom. Girl, girl. I'm, girl, I'm telling you the straight up truth. That's all great about these prophets and stuff. That man did not know me. He was from Alabama. Listen to what I'm telling you. I don't know nobody in Alabama. Not a soul. Right. Not one soul. So Monty is standing there and he is like, like a like you talk about he look white on that thing. That's how Monty is, right? <laughs> and I can't even talk because I'm like, what in the world? So then the man says, he says, the mantle on your father has now passed to you. He, the last conversation you had with him, he was preparing. Oh my. And he went lying. Okay, okay. My dad has said, he said, listen. This he he was talking real like to the point that I called my sister and I was like, is that gonna commit suicide or something? I said, because he talking so like net like this is about the end kind of thing, right? It should yeah. you know, we was but now I know he knew he knew his time, he was prepared. The prophet was right. So he said, um, he said, You have been equipped for this, you have been prepared for this. He said, You're going to eat the word of God, you're gonna go in a room and shut the door and you want to eat it. Mm. Eat it. And your husband will not bother you while you're eating. He's going to know that you're in the presence of God and you're going to eat it and be able to give it to God's people. Trey, I'm telling you, this is no lie. This is he, You'll be able to give it to God's people. He said, but listen, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to give you this without giving you some instructions. So he takes my hands and he says, you have been equipped for this, but there are going to be spirits that's going to rise up against you to stop you. But you just stay in it. He didn't like that, right? And I said, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, he said, you stand. The kingdom suffers violent, but the violent taken by force. You mm-hmm. stand. Don't you go to the left. Don't you go to the right. And I'm like, you know, what I'm and in my head, so I can't talk, right? So right. I'm like, in my head, I said, I can't do this. He said, yes, you can. Oh, you didn't even say it out loud. I didn't even utter it out my mouth. He said, yes, you can. I said, and you know, in my head, I was like, Okay, he said, "Yes, you can." Your father prepared this for you. He was, mm-hmm. you are Joshua. Wow. By this time, look here. Like now, I know this is real. You know, I, I don't play. At that, even then, I didn't play. So then he prophesies about my mom. He prophesies about my auntie who died. He prophesies about my sister. Everything he said was true. Everything he said. And then he he, wrap, he he brings it in like a good old conclusion. He no, said, oh, in the last thing, you're going to get a building. I can't tell you it's going to look like a church. 
It won't look like a church. Okay. Okay. But it's going to be something to exalt and edify God. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be given to you. And so I, I'm sitting there and I'm now I'm real crying. Like I got ugly crap, right? <laughs> and he said, oh, and you've been seeing things. You've been speaking to your father. You've been kind of almost like witchcraft, divination, calling him to you. And it was the truth. That's why Monty the night before had caught, because I had, he was this necklace my dad wore. And I had like put my finger, like my wrist, like twisted my wrist around it. And it was calling him daddy. He said, you're on the verge of witchcraft. Oh. I said, the burden that you're feeling, the father's going to remove it. He said, it feels like a blanket, like on you. He said, but he's going to pull the blanket back and you're going to feel the relief. And Nina's my living witness because I came and told Nina everything the prophet said, right? right. So one night, I Trey, I woke up in the middle of the night. Monty wasn't here. And I woke up like at three o'clock in the morning because he told me to look at the clock. And he said, he told me seven days from the day, seven days from that day, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, came down here, drunk some apple juice, sit, drunk it like to the head and said, oh, I feel better. Went upstairs, got to bed. I got back the next day and the lady who took my job, Rob, she was really my really good friend. I said, I said, girl, I said, I feel so much better today. I said, oh, and she said, when did that prophet tell you? And I said, he told me seven days from that day. Uh-huh. Seven days. And she seven said, days. she looked at me. I said, by this time, I knew. Right. So we fast forward to the Department of Revenue, right? Fast forward to the Department of Revenue. And the father says, go get in your word. I wasn't reading a word. I wasn't doing that. Okay. So he said, go to Exodus 14. That's going to be your passage of scripture. That's going to get you out. Mm. I said, okay. I said, well, all right. So I, I go to Exodus where he said, you can't talk to anybody. You can't go to lunch with anybody. You can't do any of that with anybody. You just, you have to be in your office, listen to the word if you're not working. So I told all my little girlfriends at work, I was like, I can't go to lunch with y'all. I can't do any of that. The father told me to get in my word. So I put my headphones on. They will come to the door wanting to do that little talking and stuff. I, 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 I was like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I said, okay. And I'll put my ear. And I listen. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Egyptians you see today, you will never huh. see. Again. I listen to it over and over and over again. So, Father gives me instructions. Buy your computer. On your lunch break, you look for a job. I wasn't supposed to use their computer. Okay. My laptop. On my lunch break, I look for a job. He said, you're going to get a work from home job. Now, you got to remember, work from home wasn't work from home. Like, right. this was the Stuff like you had to pay or you didn't get paid for training kind of thing. Okay. So I did that look for a job, got a job with Eddie Bow, unpaid training. But when I started, they was going to pay me and they was, I was going to get commission. I said, well, why am I going to tell my husband? Because this is, this is a paid decrease. He said, I've already taken care of you. I get the job. I go to Monty. I said, I got this job. He said, well, what do you think? I said, well, this is what it is. And I just feel like it's time for me to come home. Because I've been, you know, I did that women's retreat and the women wanted me to start a ministry. And God is telling me I need to come home and start a prayer group with those women that was at the minute at the at the mm-hmm. retreat. And and I'm supposed to go home and start the sanctuary. That was 2011. Monty said, well, that's what you feel you got to do. Because at this point, he he started to go on the road with me. And he's seeing me go into these rural country towns with no gun, no nothing. 
and being open to attacks from the enemy, right? Right. He's like, okay. So the day that she was going to fire me with my performance review was Mm -hmm. the day I gave her my notice. Oh, my. Girl. Is that not something right? Right. So she was, when I tell you she was mad as fire, she was mad as fire. The one who used to like you. Hired me, yes. Right. Then come to my going away. You know, I didn't do the little going away lunch and all that. Yeah. She walked through it. Walked through it, track. And I was like, do you remember saying that? And she was like, no, she mad. I'm like, what well, child? I'm gone. I'm leaving Egypt. I'm leaving Egypt behind me. So, right. And this is the office I came to. I came to this office. I set it up. Started working for Eddie Bauer from home. Mm-hmm. He tells me to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Major in religion. He told me everything to do. Major in religion. And the time that I lost when I was trying to do what I wanted to do at Winston State, he was going. I was going to recover that time. So I get the liberty. All the money that I need is there. And they tell me I only have two years left. Mm. It's for my, my undergraduate. So, mm. I'm like, well, all right. So then I took my dining room, the space he told me, and I transformed it into the sanctuary. And on Friday evenings, I had those women that were at this women retreat that I did. And God mm. showed up and they was like, can we do this every day? And I was like, we can't do this every day. But, you know, we can do something. Brought them in. And on Friday evenings, we were coming in and praying. I'm going to school full time as a student, getting my, my bachelor's in religion mm-hmm. and working at Eddie Bauer full time. Working, working from home. Working from home. Right. So the good ladies is coming in. They're telling other women about the Friday nights. Mm-hmm. So they're on social media like, well, well, what y'all doing? Because, you know, they see us talk. Well, we, you know, we, we at Yolanda's house now. I want no pass. We're at Yolanda's house. We having, um, we having prayer. Well, I want to be there. Well, where you live? Oh, I live in Maryland. Um, because I work from home and I know this technology stuff. I was like, well, what Skype you in? Really? Right. And the computer I bought for everybody. <laughs> I was what sitting was in the middle of the room. And the ladies that lived in the area, we would surround the computer mm-hmm. and, we, and we would pray. And you would see like God move through sky. Like the women be in the flow. And you couldn't you could believe it. So somebody say, well, what y'all doing on, on Facebook? What y'all doing? Oh, well, we have a little prayer group on Friday nights. We, 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 you can come in, you can do stuff. Well, I don't know nothing about sky because I do virtual work from home. I know about the telephone bridge. Right. Well, we, can, we can put you on the telephone bridge. <laughs> really? Go to 1-800. Get that little phone that I use for Adam Bowers. Right. Sit it in the middle of the room. Now I got Skype. Now I got a phone bridge. Now I have bodies in this place. That is oh. how we birth trade. Literally. That's, how, that's literally how the sanctuary became we, the sanctuary. Yes. So then how it became strictly virtual is that, you know, with anything you do for God, there's opposition. And so there was this this stuff that happened with the ladies and they got mad and they got mad at me and they was like, well, we don't want to come back no more. Well, okay, you ain't got to come back. But I still got people that's coming in virtual. Right. They, they, they want to right. They still want to come in. Right. So I just started doing it virtual. I would be, you just be me and Monty in here by ourselves. 
And I would be talking to a screen or talking to a phone bridge. And then the Holy Spirit said, you got to cash in that. And I was like, well, how? Well, you got to start streaming like on Facebook. Um, but having no church on Facebook in 2012. Right. And you know what? No, it wasn't big like that back then. Mm -mm. And this is the thing. If you were, you had a building. Like you had a building. Right. Exactly. That's right. Most of your people was in the building. Not mm -hmm. your whole ministry online. You know, on the Facebook. Right. Right. Pre so COVID. This was way before COVID. Right. Way before COVID. Right. And so I started going on there and people just start joining in and people, but this is the thing. People say, that's the devil. You can't have church on Facebook. You can't have church. But I, I didn't listen to it. I continued to do it. And the father said, continue to cast your net. So we went from Facebook. We went to YouTube. We went mm. to Twitter. We went to Instagram. As the technology got better on the social media platforms, I would cast the net. And then after a while, my entire ministry was now online and I didn't meet nobody in person. So we still do our Friday nights. Right. Mm -hmm. And then so to meet the people who were used to worshiping on Sunday, we would do a Sunday evening mm -hmm. and then I would do a Wednesday corporate prayer. So we would meet them Sunday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Mm -hmm. I did that continuously for nine years. Oh, my goodness. Is that not something? Nine that years. is something. Yes. Almost a decade. Oh, and so we reached into Australia. We've reached into uh, Barbados. We reached like local Maryland, California. I, I, everywhere, literally everywhere. And so then I realized that these people want to be shepherd. Like some of these people don't have pastors. And so now at this point, I'm like, I got to really start thinking about building out a real ministry, like shepherding people. Right. And then that's when the father gave me the concept of a covenant partner mm -hmm. and doing church unusual. Right. And that church unusual was that even though I don't see you every week, I'm engaged with you. I know your children. I know your family. I know your, the issues of your life. And so what I started doing was mentoring. Mm -hmm. I started talking to you know, people who were coming in on a regular basis. I would talk to them at least once a week. And then so what would happen is that I would notice the issues of the heart and the father will say, we'll build a plan for it to be healed. And so the first thing I did was 40 days of healing, because that is what I created for myself when I was healing from my father's womb mm -hmm. and in my aunt's womb. Because my mentor at the time said, you cannot stand before God's people. And every time you talk about them, you crying like you eulogizing them all over again. Mm -hmm. You got to yeah. do something. Right. So, because I know the power of the word now, right, Trey? Because I used it to get out of Egypt, right? Right, that's right. <laughs> I said, well, I'll go back to the scripture then, right? That's what I knew. Mm -hmm. So I created this 40-day of healing plan where every day I spoke a scripture of healing over myself for 40 days. Mm. And I would say this affirmation prayer with this affirmation claiming my healing. Mm -hmm. And on the 40th day, this is no lie, Trey. My mentor calls me just because he it was a Friday night. He normally would come on to support me. And so mm -hmm. afterwards, he, he called. He was like, sis, you did a great job. Oh, my God. I heard the fire in your voice. And Monty just so happened to be sitting beside me. And he began to prophesy over me. And the next thing I know, I started purging. I started purging on the 40th day. Yeah. My bathroom. And he's in, him and his wife instructing Monty, go get a trash can. Make sure you burn it out like they're doing it. And I got up and I was 
I was, it was, I was, you knew your lines. I was a new York. Yes. What, when you say purging, what, what does that mean? Growing up. I was throwing really? up. Yes. All was, of that was coming out of you. I started gagging and it was like, it was like, it's got to come out. And then they began to plead the blood of Jesus. And you know, my husband didn't know nothing about that. He had never seen the purging of spirits and things. Like right, that. right. And so they began to walk. I could hear like, it was like distant, you know what I'm saying? But I could hear mm -hmm. them saying, Monty, make sure you know you get a bag, get a bag, and make sure you get all of it up, right? Right. And I got up, and my mentor said, "Sis, you healed now. You heal, girl." I went in no church. Mm -hmm. I went in no pew. Mm -hmm. I was in my home. Right. My home. Church unusual. The sanctuary. The sanctuary. Girl. And after that. I'd say it. So when the first person came in and I saw that they needed that kind of healing, I said, I'm going to give you what I took. Need a medicine right. I took. Right. You know it worked. Yeah, I know it worked, right? Not in theory, but practically I do. Right. So, she, so I give it to her and she does the 40 days and her life changes. So I'm like, well, God, well, this might really work. So now mm -hmm. I'm seeing now people want personal care. They need personal care. So when people will come into covenant, I will have a very lengthy conversation with them to see where they are, where, you know, what's going on in their life. And the father would give me these plans. He would mm -hmm. give me like the one that you want me to talk about today, the soul tie, how to break soul ties, how to um, pray. Some people just felt disconnected from God. So I created, um, Praying with purpose. I mean, like all of these different anger, how to deal with anger, breaking the bonds of anger. Because I dealt with anger. So I knew, you know, what to do. So I created these little mentoring. One thing or another one, um, um, people wanted to break the bands of um, um, working on jobs, right? Working, being chained to jobs. So mm -hmm. I created, you don't know who I work for. Yes. So I would get them on a path of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. based on the word people wanted to know their destiny so i knew about destiny because i was i i'm living in destiny so i created a destiny driven mentorship that's that shirt you you got Girl, yeah that. i got my shirt in the closet <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the destiny driven so yeah. I, I it's almost like you know i never really thought it's almost like going to the doctor Mm -hmm. have a consultation right. get a diagnosis and then they give you a prescription they give you a plan of care right and that's exactly what i was doing that's what it is but what's so beautiful is that 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 is the sanctuary that this is where you go and it, it really what you're giving people is a sanctuary experience because sanctuary you think of a place of peace of calm of healing of rejuvenation of all of that and refuge. so even yeah, refuge. So to <laughs> even call it the sanctuary. And that's what that's what it is. You got your own plan in the sanctuary. Yeah. And that all came from when I when because my friends knew that I was really broken and hurt. And so when I came home and got in my word, right, Trey, the mm -hmm. father, um, he and I'm eating of it, he says, You're gonna build a sanctuary, right? And I was like, what kind of, he said, go, go to the book of Psalms and you see how David built the sanctuary. His father, I mean, David was supposed to build the sanctuary, but Solomon ended up building it. That's you. Your father could not build it, but now you're going to build. It. 
right? And so, so he said, you call it the sanctuary, a place of refuge, a place that you go and be healed. And so when I had my first retreat, like I'm just, you know, like spa day, come in and massage us and some pedicures and some manicures. God turned it literally into a sanctuary. That's, and so when he brought me home, he was like, that's what you're going to name. But that's what it is. And I'm like, <laughs> that's why I say it's so organic. And people, you know, they, they don't understand that it was organic. It was not contrived. It was not manipulated. It was, it was literally my life came to life in the sanctuary, right? And so when I stand before people, I'm not giving them something that I'm, you know, manipulated and formed and say, you know, this is what people like and this is what people are drawn to. Right. It is. It is literally the place that I found life. My mm-hmm. marriage found life. Mm-hmm. And people come in and find life. Right. That is, woo, girl. There's no version. That's a word. Damn, look, you already done preached. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take the lection up. <laughs> where, where the pain? Where the pain? <laughs> pass the down, pass the play. So now, because I've been attending the sanctuary. You sure have. We and, and loving it. And my mom. Hey, mama May, huh? she'd be hanging in there because at first I was going by myself because Nina invited me and for y'all who are listening Nina is my cousin but she's also like a sister and, and she's like your sister and, she, yeah. Yeah. and and then mama saw me getting up at 5 a.m and and when she was wondering like what you in there doing what you didn't listen to because I would come in here in my office and play it in here so I wouldn't disturb anybody yeah and then, one day I didn't, I don't know why I didn't come in here, but I, I turned it on and I said, Oh, I'm late. And I was trying to get up. And she, I'm said, she said, Well, you ain't got to leave. You ain't disturbing me. And that's how she started listening. And so, and she, now she, now I don't even come in here in the office no more. I stay in <laughs> We get up and we listen together. That is something, Trey. It's such a blessing. People need, now tell people, I know we're going to talk about these soul ties, because there's a lot of soul yeah. ties need to be broke. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm ready for that. Girl, we got to get into it. But before we even get into that, tell people about the sanctuary and about the 5 a.m. Um, okay. worship, mindful meditation. So remember I said that we used to do Sunday, Monday, Sunday Wednesdays, and Fridays. So right before the pandemic happened, the father said it was time for us to move. It was time for us to move as a ministry. We had taken the Sunday, Wednesdays, and Fridays to the level that it was supposed to go. I think that was really my training ground because I, you know, even though I was a preacher's daughter, preacher's kid, and all those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a different calling and different anointing on my life. And so, but because I ran from my calling for so long and I missed my training period, he had to kind of accelerate me, right? <laughs> So that Sunday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Fridays, I believe would have been the training ground if I had done it with my dad and my aunt was alive, right? That traditional church. And so when we when we began to understand the Bible fully, you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The father said, now it's time for a shift. Now I need you to meet the people where they are. And this is before the pandemic. He told me that, um, that I needed to provide God's people a place to come and be restored because mm-hmm. he to do something in the earth and I didn't know what it was I knew I you know we knew that the that it had hit the shores of the United States and at that point they was just saying oh people are being infected but the father really gave me some insight that, that it said it's going to be worse than what people 
really Mm -hmm. understand, right? So he said, so what I need you to do, I need you to meet them in the morning. And I'm not no morning person. Well, I was not. And so I was like, well, what time, Lord? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, I want you to meet them before dawn. And I said, so you talking about five? And he said, this is how he treated He said, yes, so you're going to do five days at 5 a.m. This is Trey. I don't know if you know that. We was only supposed to do five days. No, I did not. Five days at 5 a.m. This was at the beginning. This is when it was an epidemic. Like, this was just epidemic. This is before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Lord, I can give you five days. And so he said, okay, so you're going to do mindful meditation every day, you know, for five days at 5 a.m. And then you're going to change your Friday to the seventh day. Okay. And you're going to get rid of the Sunday because that's not really my day of worship. Right, right. Change it to the Sabbath. Change On the Sabbath. Sabbath. I right. said, well, okay, that's good. I can do that. I was like, I can do that, Lord. Five days. So I'm thinking once the five days is over, I'm going to just be doing the seventh day, right? Right. Well, we did the five days the first week and it was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing the amount of people woke up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. So on the last day, I said, well, y'all, this is supposed to be the last day. And it was like, you can't take us another week. And I was like, <laughs> you're looking like, Lord, you know, I ain't no morning person. You told me this is what days. I was doing. Right. I was staying up. Literally, I would stay up all night so I could wake up at five. So I could be here at five. Oh. And you would sleep during the day because my body was used to not being up at five. Right. <laughs> so I would stay up all night. And so what he told me to do was just to quote the scripture. So that was easy. So I would find some scriptures on certain topics, you know, like fear, um, sickness, health, you know, th- those kind of things. So I would just quote scriptures. That's what we did. I would come in here and I would open, you know, everybody come in. You never heard me tell you, everybody come in. Let's just get in our meditating position. You know, the Bible says that meditation was supposed to, you know, meditate night and day, right? And I was like, hey, God, you are good and your mercy endure forever, right? Yeah, I missed all that. Yeah, you missed all that, Trey. Trey, no, you didn't see that part. So I said, well, okay, Lord, I could do another five days with scriptures. So I come in the next five days and we did scriptures. So we did about, about 40 days of scriptures. But then one day, Lord said, you got to go a little deeper in these scriptures. You got to give a word. Mm. And I said, Lord, is they ain't going to want no word in no fact. He said, you got to do it. So I started off with a little, you know, just a little something. And then I'm going to go into the scripture. But now people are like, oh, God. Oh, my God. That was an awesome teacher. Oh, Pastor Londa. Like, this is so good. So then the next thing I know, I'm giving a whole message. We ain't just doing scriptures. No That's right. That's what I came in on. Yes, we ain't doing scriptures. So we did this for a hundred days. We did the first, I called it the, the spring. It was the spring summer session of mindful meditation for a hundred straight days. Mm-hmm. At 5 a.m. This place was packed out. We had fasted. We had, it was just, it had its own like life at 5 a.m. Yeah. And so, um, so we ended it because my, my body is tired now because we, we, I've been getting up at 5 a.m. for 100 straight days. We did this big old celebration, right? 100 straight days of my meditation. And I was like, well, y'all, this is maybe the end. And then they was like, I said, let me go pray. Let me go get with God. I go get with him. And he says, no, this is, this is going to be part of your ministry now. 
And I said, but Lord, I cannot do five days at five days. And he said, no. And then I said, well, what am I going to do? So I'm talking to my husband. And Monty said, my husband, well, baby, just do Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mm-hmm. 5 a.m. And then you have your Tuesdays and your Thursdays to rest. And then you do your seventh day. And we don't do nothing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I said, that sounds rich. I didn't even go to the Lord because my, my, my king is my priest. All right, now. Right? So Girl, you better say it. <laughs> literally. So I was like, this is what it is. And when I put it out there, church, everybody said, thank you, Jesus. We was hoping it wouldn't go away. Right? I, I was like, I can't believe. So we literally have a hope. This is the truth. We have more participation at 5 a.m. than we do on the seventh day at noon. Really? Okay. It is it is the most amazing thing. We can't explain it. We cannot explain it, but we know it was God because what we see is that, and you know, and I teach harder in five at five a.m. Oh, yes, you go in. Yes, and 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 I believe that it's because people are open. Mm-hmm. Once they've been awake for a little while and encountered the things out here in this world, their minds are just beat down, closed in, and closed off. Mm-hmm. When they wake up, they're, they're renewed and they're refreshed and they're ready to hear yep. before they attacked by the world. Exactly. That's right. And, five, and, and they're motivated because it's so rich. Mm-hmm. Revelation is so rich at 5 a.m. Yeah. And... So now, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I believe will be a permanent part of this ministry, even when, because people really don't, they think that virtual is going to be it for us, but it's not. I believe that it's, um, we're, we're going to be in a building soon, and Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays will be a part of our ministry because it's so, because li- listen, while every other church was talking about they didn't, they weren't growing and people weren't coming, that wasn't the issue for us. I have been really busy to the point now that I have had to have a staff. I've had to get an assistant. I've had to get, um, <laughs> I to manage my calendar. So I had to get a pastor steward. And you know, we talked about the administrator. Like the ministry has grown, grown to that capacity because of 5 a.m. mindful meditation. Oh, can you believe Can you believe that? Yes, I can. <laughs> First of all, because it's good. That's first. <laughs> Secondly, because like you said, when you eat the word first thing in the morning, before you before the world, you you mm-hmm. worship, it changes your life. Yeah, I can believe it. I believe yeah. people getting up early. I believe they tagging their friends, telling them y'all better get up. You better get yes. and, then, and some of them are not recorded. Some of them are not saved. So if you don't get up, you better you say might it. Stop. They said, Trey, it's worth the wake up. So if you it's don't wake up and get yours right then at five o'clock, you might not eat that. You may have to wait till Saturday, which is recorded. Yes. People logging when they get ready. But if you want that early morning, good meal first thing in the morning. And it's it is perfect timing because it starts your week yes. off. It helps you through the hump day, the midweek, and then it rounds that thing on out at the end. So why wouldn't you get up and get oh that? And, 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 and it, listen, and then God has themed it out, right? Right. The mystery Monday, the wellness Wednesday, fresh Friday, like it's so organic how he did it. And so we reach every capacity to man, right? Every capacity known to man. 
your, you know, the mystery Monday really focuses on the mysteries of the scripture. So if you're that person like, well, I just want some word. I just want some teaching, right? I just want to eat God's word. Well, mystery Monday is for you because we're going to dig into it, right? We're going to get into it. That's we're right. get into it, right? So mm-hmm. Wellness Wednesday deals with your physical man, your physical woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so we really come in and try because you know, we deal not just with the mental and the emotional, but we deal with the physical. We talk about the spleen. We talk about the liver. We talk about the yeah. eyes. You remember we talked about the eyes? I'm like, yes. <laughs> everything. Look, I got, I've got my stuff on the spleen printed out. Printed, printed made, mother may out. When she got her, she said, I started reading my girl. The spleen, yes. You get it. Spleen was amazing, wasn't yes. that? Yes. And then you even give us like what herbs to take and what, what foods to that you need to eat and all the things to just really keep you healthy from the inside out. So it's not just about the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It's, it's the whole wellness situation. Yes. Going on. That wellness Wednesday is so rich. That's really mm-hmm. my favorite. I like that. Oh, it's so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And then French Friday comes in and kind of like sets our set our spirits. Well, we well, the chain, you can hear chains fall. You can mm-hmm. hear. You know, like God coming in and unlocking the key to the things that have had you bound. And Mm -hmm. so if you, whatever you're looking for, it gives you that at 5 a.m. And like, we let's just address the replay. We don't leave, we don't leave some of, we don't leave, we don't leave a lot of replay. And that's because I believe that because as believers, I think we've gotten lazy. I think we have, with this technology and with social media, we can just, log on and get us a sermon and move on and there's no sacrifice and we don't and we don't we're not sacrificing time we're not uh sacrificing talent we're not sacrificing our treasure because many of us are listening to these people and not even sow a seed that's right they say that uh a lot of them we are just church hopping I, especially during the pandemic <laughs> come on girl. i saw somebody say let me get up and get church right so you're not even so you're showing nothing no sacrifice right mm-hmm. and so I don't, you know, I don't come in and ask for money on Monday, which is what I do. Let these people know. Not once. So if you think it's a money grab, it ain't. And it sure is not. Because we don't even talk money. If we talk money, if if anything, is you teaching us the word on how we can get prosperity for ourselves through the word and doing what God called us to do. But I ain't going to go into that. You don't ever ask about anybody giving anything or donating anything. You don't ask for nothing. You, we ain't frying no fish. We ain't have no car washes. We ain't cooking, smoking meat. None of that. And no that was one of the popcorn. things. Come on, no popcorn, no Girl Scout cookies, no nothing. That's and that was one of the prerequisites of mindful meditation is that the father mm-hmm. said, when you get up at five o'clock, you better not ask these people for nothing. Mm, he told you that. He told me that. He said, don't you ask for nothing. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't do it anyway. But, you know, when you've been raised in church, you are conditioned to say at the end of something. OK, so if you want to give, you just do it. Right. Because it's an automatic kind of thing. Right. The father mm-hmm. said, don't you. He said this is how precise he was. He said, even if they ask you for your cash app or your PayPal, you are not to utter. it." Wow. And I have had people in the chat room say, I want to sow a seed. What's your cash app? And I say, I can't tell you. You have to mm-hmm. ask in the chat room. I cannot utter it across this. And I have not. We have done it for 163 days and I have never uttered our cash app, our PayPal, or mm-hmm. where to go to show in 163 mm-hmm. days in my meditation. And I'm glad I have not. 
because it has allowed us to really worship God in spirit and in truth and not about money. That's true. It has. Right, it, has it has. And I would even venture to say people probably sewing because they find a way to yeah. sew. Because if you want to yeah. sew, you're going to find a way they do. to do so. They and do. Without you having to ask because God has already told you that he's going to provide for you and he's already given provision yes, for he did. you. And that's exactly what has happened. Um, where the churches are saying people are sewing in pandemic and y'all know I have not had to say any of that. Even when we had to take breaks because of, you know, death in my family and things, people were still sewing. They found it. I didn't, I don't know how they found it, but they found it because you are moved. I, the, the, the word of God says that the father purpose in the man, in man's heart, what he's supposed to give. Mm-hmm. And he, when he has purposed that thing, they will go find where they're supposed to put that seat. Come on, won't they do it? Won't they? Yes, they will do it. And I don't want, like you said, I don't want people to say, "Oh, she just up at five a.m. for a money grab." No, I'm Mm -hmm. in this because this is my destiny, baby, baby. You see that? And what you get? (laughs) All outweighs any money you put in here. You can't pay for it. You could not pay for what we have. Okay, so let's just talk. We done with the preliminary because I want to get into the soul time. We done with the preliminary. <laughs> we can go on and get started. We can go. How you want to do this thing? You want, want me to ask this questions? What I you want to go in that mindful meditation is so bigger than a church service or a worship service. It is literally group therapy, and I didn't realize it fully until we did the soul ties. And I got I'm, I have chills just thinking about it. Is because when when I when I was given. The, the revelation on that Monday, I just thought I was going to be, it was going to be a normal week, right? Like a normal week, we do Monday, we do wellness Wednesday. But then when I got into it and realized that there were, there were things in people's hearts that needed to be released before they could ever walk fully into their destiny. Yes. And the father gave me a scripture out of Corinthians and it was, it was being tied to the prostitute. Remember, I wrote it down because I wanted to remember. Do you remember that? What about my notes up in here? Because, you know, I, I wrote notes. The girl has so many pages. I got it. First Corinthians. I wanted to bring this up. First Corinthians 16 and 6. Okay. But do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? But he mm. says the two shall become one flesh. Mm. And when I gave that, right, it got like eerily silent. And even though most everybody mostly is on social media, you can feel the uncomfortableness in that. All right. If that was powerful for you, make sure you join us next week on the podcast when we talk about soul ties and how you break them, how you recognize if you're in a soul tie, how soul ties can be so much more than what you think. It's not just physical. It's not just about um the intimacy that you share with someone it can be mental emotional it can be so many ways that you are trapped or feeling stuck or burdened under a soul tie that maybe you just need to get get free from and this is going to be rich so please 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 podcast drops next thursday make sure you join us with dr yolanda doubt that as she breaks it down in her church unusual way where we have some fun but we talk about some serious heavy stuff and we talk about healing and wellness and wholeness as a part of the entire ministry experience that she's delivering so stay tuned be sure to join us and thank you for coming into the living room part two next week